Hey, welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. If you feel stuck, restless, overwhelmed, or dissatisfied with your current life, despite your life looking pretty good on paper, or at least on social media, I can totally relate. Together, we'll figure out how to take the next right step. I'll interview women who are a little farther along on the path and get tips and ideas from them. I definitely don't have it figured out, so I'll share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. Let's get started because life is too short to waste in autopilot. If you want to be the best possible version of you, you're in the right place. Hello, friends. Today I have a special podcast about assembling your dream team. What is a dream team, you might ask? Well, do you ever find yourself looking at other people and thinking, how the heck do they do it? Maybe you're thinking about somebody you know who seems to be full steam ahead on this journey called life while you find yourself stuck on the side of the road with a flat tire and an overheated engine, or at least that's the way it feels. And you wonder, how does that person do it? Well, there could be a few key things that they have that you don't have. We'll talk about one of those today, and it's called a dream team. Or you could call it your personal board of advisors. Okay, so think about this. Anytime you try to accomplish a big feat or you want to take great strides with something, you assemble a team, right? Like there are birthing teams. I never had a birthing team. I just had my husband. But people put together like a birthing team. There are marathon preparation teams. There are whole teams that you put together to help with your wedding. And if you read the first few pages of any book, you're going to see that the author gives credit and thanks to his or her team of supporters who made it possible for him or her to write the book. What about a team, though, for those not-so-big moments? A team who could help you with decisions and help discern your next right step. Wouldn't that be awesome if you had a team? Like, really, you could just sit down with them or call them and ask them their advice. I read a lot of self-help books, and I talk to a lot of women on this podcast, and I noticed that a lot of them refer to their team. Just yesterday, I interviewed a friend. She's Her podcast will be on in the next month or so, and she was telling me that she looked around her a few years ago, and she had friends. She had family. They were supportive in, all, in the ways that they'd always been, but she didn't feel like they were supporting her and pushing her in the way she needed to to move forward and take it to the next level. So do you think she went out and met people at coffee shops and joined meetups and tried to recruit new friends? No. Here's what she did. She figured out who her tribe was by looking at the things that she was already into, you know, the things that she found motivating. So maybe for you, this is like an author or a podcast, or I've even seen people go sort of nuts with the whole CrossFit thing or a church or a cult. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. But anyway, you look and you figure out what already sort of lights me on fire. What am I really into? And in the case of my friend, she was into this um, 
famous motivational speaker, Tony Robbins. And she knew from listening to his free talks and his podcast that he could light a fire under her. Like his words were what she needed to hear. And it was just fuel for her. So she says, I gave myself permission to bet on myself. I told myself I was worth it. And I signed up for his expensive coaching course. Okay, so do we all have to sign up for an expensive coaching course to form our team? No. But in this case, the cost was so great that there was no way she wasn't going to do what this guy said. And all the other people being coached clearly felt the same way or they wouldn't have paid so much money. So all of a sudden, she was surrounding herself with people who were also ready to go to that next level. When I decided I wanted to become a PA, I didn't have parents who were doctors or nurses. I didn't have siblings who'd gone into medicine. I didn't know a PA in town. I mean, we had two in our town, and that was it. I had to connect with people who were in the medical field, like my best friend's dad, who was a surgeon. Um, He ended up giving me a job and writing letters of recommendation for me. I reached out to one of the PAs, and she allowed me to shadow her. And then I remember it was way out of my comfort zone, but I'd heard about this guy who was two years older than me from our town and he'd gone to PA school. So I called him, you know, we didn't have texting or email. So I called him and he talked to me about what the interview process was like and what he did to get into PA school. So I assembled what you now have to pay big bucks for a pre-PA team. So if we go back to the initial analogy about being broken down on the side of the road, it is not going to do you one bit of good if you commiserate with another driver on the side of the road who's also stuck. So these are not the people you want on your team. You don't need to surround yourself with other people who are stuck in the same way that you're stuck. Likewise, if you're having... um, a hard time getting along with your spouse, if you're hanging out with all your newly divorced friends, that's probably not going to help your marriage get stronger. But what if you had a way that you could assemble a team, sort of like phone a friend and get exactly what you needed? When I was in PA school, I drove an old Honda Accord. It was such a good car, but one day I was driving up um, the interstate, I-75 from South Georgia to where my boyfriend, now husband, lives, and it was like four hours in North Georgia to Rome. That's the name of the town. And I hear this awful noise coming from the air conditioner. It sounded like someone stuck a metal spoon in a blender. And then all of a sudden, debris starts flying out of the vents towards me, leaves and stuff. So I turned off the air conditioner, got off on the next exit, and I thought about who could I call. Went through my mental Rolodex. I didn't have cell phone. Um, I think I used a pay phone. Or maybe I had a cell phone, but it sure didn't have like Google on it. So I had to think of who I knew who worked on cars, which was nobody. So then I had to think, who do I know who knows somebody who works on cars? And I thought about my father-in-law, who knew a mechanic, who agreed to look at my car. So think about this, when you want to be somewhere different than where you are, when you don't like your current circumstances, look around you. Really think about who's in your circle. Who do you interact with on a daily and weekly basis? And are there people in your circle who have what you think you may want to move towards? 
For any given feat, you'll assess who you already know and what types of skills the occasion calls for. So you may have different teams that you need at different times. For example, do you need a cheerleader? Or maybe you need someone who's a connector. Or do you need the world's best listener? Sometimes when I'm in the throes of despair, I need my friend Dana who has the most amazing laugh and she just makes me smile. Or I want my friend Becky who curses like a sailor and cracks me up with her potty mouth. (laughs) But back to your life's journey. Life is not a race, but it is about forward momentum if you're not 100% satisfied with where you are. So if you're listening to this podcast, you, you, I'm suspecting that you're not 100% satisfied with where you are. So making one decision after another to propel you to the next level is what you're going to need to do. So yes, you can still keep your same friends, but for this exercise, you'll need to expand your focus to include people you may not know very well. People who may be just acquaintances or like my father-in-law's mechanical friend, you know, a friend of a friend. You may even need to call on dead people. (laughs) No, we're not talking about a seance. But you know, somebody who's been close to you who's passed away, if you get quiet enough, you can sort of know exactly what they would have said in this situation. Um, My friend lost her dad very recently, and she sent a card to everyone who donated money in his name, and the card had little rules of life her dad lived by and taught his kids. So for her, he may be on her advisory board, and I guarantee you she could close her eyes and imagine what her dad would say in a situation. Or, you know, those... uh, I think in in my youth group in church, they passed out those bracelets, WWJD, what would Jesus do, which kind of cracked me up because years later, my boss's first name started with a K and I would always think WWKD, like what would she do when I was treating dermatology patients? But anyway, the WWJD, what would Jesus do bracelets, I guess they were supposed to sort of um, be like, you know, he's your advisor, think about it. You know, when you're about to make a decision, what would what would Jesus do? So I'm going to help you form your dream list, your personal board of directors for your life, a team who will help you when you have tough decisions to make, and a group of people who will have your best interest in mind. So these aren't just cheerleaders. They're going to be there to ask you tough questions and not let you off easy like maybe your mom or sometimes your spouse might. Um, For each dilemma that I find myself in, I flash up an image of my board of directors. Sometimes I even like journal and it's, um, I'll kind of uh, write out, you know, what I would, who I would contact and what I think they would say. And if they're still alive, I'll contact them. Um, This happened very recently. I had a big dilemma and I needed to make a decision. So I had about 20 minutes that I was, um, until I picked up my daughter. So I was thinking, who should I call first? And you know, when, when it's something hot off the press and you're like, oh, I got to call some people. My first in- instinct was to call a friend I knew who would be as outraged as I was about the situation. But I decided that she would side with me no matter what. And I wanted someone who could be objective and help me see all the sides of the situation. So first I talked to my husband. 
he's on my team, or at least he was in this situation, because while he will call BS on me in a heartbeat, he also has my best interest in mind, and he knows me better than anyone. So then I called my two friends um, in my mastermind group. I dreaded calling one of them because I already knew what she'd say, and I secretly didn't want to hear it, but I did it anyway because I needed to hear it. I did not call my mom or my sisters, and I didn't call my best friends. In this case, I didn't want somebody to laugh with me or to tell me everything would work out fine or my mom would probably say, just pray about it. I wanted somebody who could step back and help me sort through the options from a practical standpoint. I also have one person who's constantly trying to finagle a spot on my board of advisors. She is a loudmouth, super critical person who gives me the third degree about every decision I make, and she's quick to point out how I'm at fault. She's even quicker to tell me the situation is hopeless. This woman is me. She's my inner critic. Think about it. Would you really let somebody be on your personal board of advisors who's awful to deal with and sprays you with criticism? No, of course you wouldn't. My inner critic snuck in the door of my boardroom and almost wrecked me when this situation happened. Even my best advisors couldn't be heard because she was so loud, yelling and talking smack. It took me like 24 hours, but I finally kicked her out of my boardroom and I listened to my true supporters. So here's how to pick your board. Number one, find people who aren't afraid to push against what you're saying. So they're not robotically supporting you. They're making you think long and hard about your next move. My friend Amy's like this um, from episode two. She does not mess around and she won't cherry coat it when it comes to giving advice. Number two, find people who listen. If someone immediately starts telling you how they overcame a similar situation, thank them and move on. My mother-in-law is one of the best listeners. Thanks, Margot. Number three, look for board members who are a few steps ahead of you on the journey. Have they already dealt with a toxic job? Have they overcome marriage difficulties? Are they past the toddler stage and seem to be further ahead in the parenting book than you? I don't think she even knows it, but my husband's cousin and her husband are like that. They live on the West Coast, so we really see them like once every other year. Their kids have already graduated, and they seem to have a really good relationship with each other and their kids. So I don't call them for advice, but I often think, what would Rick and Allie do? Number four, find people who aren't afraid to admit their flaws and failures. There's nothing I like more than somebody who's dealt with their own shit show and lived to tell about it, and even better if they'll laugh about it. Number five, imagine your life is a play on a stage. So who would you want in your front row? Okay, now imagine if the play totally bombs. You forget your lines, like it's just awful. You freeze up. Are the people in your front row sticking around until the end of the play, supporting you even when you screw up? If so, who comes to mind? Number six, who would you love to have a conversation with about a big issue, even if it's somebody who's no longer alive? Maybe someone whose opinion would matter a great deal to you or whose work you admire. And if you knew them well enough, you can sit quietly and imagine what they would say or do. For me, I think about authors whose works I've read, 
like Wayne Dyer or Louise Hay or even Maya Angelou. And I think about them sitting around like these comfortable chairs and discussing my situation. And sometimes the answer will sort of pop into my head. Number seven, think about people you admire, local or famous. One of my mentors is a famous person with whom I've had zero conversations, but I still consider Oprah a mentor. Her wise words often come into my head when I'm stuck or confused. Who are, number eight, who are you envious of or who do you admire from afar? I think it's really funny on social media that there, there's a term follow, you know, like who do you follow? And that would seem really weird if social media weren't around. But because of social media, the term follow doesn't seem so odd. So when you think about it, the person you're following is because you like what they're about. So you follow them, you get to know the material they're putting out there. Um, And then if this is a way to sort of come up with people that may end up on your board of advisors, if they're local, maybe you could even offer to buy them a coffee and pick their brain. Send them a flattering email. Tell them why you admire them. I met a lady one time at a talk, and she was, she's a naturopath. And at the time, I was not studying functional medicine, and I was really intimidated by how smart she was. But I decided she's the kind of person I want on my team. So, I mean, this went on for like months that I kind of had this thought off and on when I'd hear her commercial on the radio. Um. But one day I decided to make an appointment with her for my migraines and we sort of got to know each other. We started chatting and I went for, you know, several visits. We became friends and now we do meet up for lunch or coffee regularly. All right, number nine, your future you could be on your team. Out of all the people on my team, my future me is the most valuable because she's known me since I was a baby. She knows my weak spots and she knows what the journey looks like because she's the future me. So sometimes I'll think ahead about 15 years. So I will be close to 60. Oh my gosh. I'll be close to 60 in 15 years. So I will ask the future me, not out loud, y'all. I'm not crazy, but I'll ask her what she thinks about a situation. And I love her because she can shift my perspective like no other. So when I thought about my current situation, my little dilemma I had, and I thought, you know, when I'm almost 60, will this matter? And the answer was no, not at all. It'll barely be a memory. And my future me is also so kind and gentle with me. She uses nice words. And she's, she's always like, honey, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out just fine. And you know what? She's right. So I want you to message me. I want to hear who's on your board of directors and tell me if you came up with any surprising answers after listening to this episode. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening today. I really appreciate it. If you know someone who could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I would also love it if you would leave a review on Apple iTunes. That helps me reach more people. So please do it.
And lastly, if you want more of what you heard today, you can go on over to my website at hopethepa.com. And I have created this little amazing free ebook called Your Guide to Hacking the Life Machine. And you can sign up for my weekly newsletter. It has lots of yummy things in it. All right, y'all take care and I will see you next week.